Good morning, everybody. Today is the 21st of February, 2023. My name's Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio, and thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate it, and we're going to get some good information out to you today. We've got Dr. Evelyn Johnson here. Evelyn is the VP of Research and Development at a wonderful company, you old friends of mine, uh, Aperture Education, big in the SEL field. Okay, and they are one of the, they call, they are one of the leading social emotional learning firms and one of the the SEL assessment firms, one of the best in the country. And they're home of the DESA, which is the Devereaux style uh, 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 assessment suite. Okay, for, I want to get the right words out, for uh, SEL. So we're going to talk to Evelyn a lot about that. And we're going to talk to her about what she did before she worked at Aperture and all that sort of stuff. We're going to archive the show over at uh, ace-ed.org, and that's the home website, <clears throat> excuse me, of our American Consortium for Equity in Education, and we invite you to join with us over there. Of course, that's free. Everything we do over there is free. That includes a subscription to our journal, which is called Equity and Access Pre-K-12, our online journal. You can see it over there at ace-ed.org, along with our website, SEL Today, which is linked, and also our newest site, which is Teacher Retention teacher-retention.com. You can check it all out. Every podcast we do is archived over there as well. And we'd love to have you join with us at ace-ed.org. And I hope you take me up on that. And I hope you go over and click through on the magazine cover and read a wonderful issue where we really honored all our equity award winners all through the country, your colleagues in education, pre-K-12, as well as a lot of companies out there, et cetera, et cetera. Again, all at ace-ed.org. And enough of me blabbing. Let's bring on Evelyn. Hello, Dr. Johnson. How are you this morning? It's Larry here. Hey, Larry. I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? I'm fine, as a matter of fact. I noticed the 208 area code. Are you in Idaho? I am in Idaho. I'm in Boise. Good for you. And thank you, by the way, for getting up so early at 7 in the morning out there. And I do appreciate you doing <laughs> it so early in the morning, Evelyn. I do. Got that cup of coffee next to you? I do. I do. And no problem. I'm a, yeah. Yeah. I'm a morning the, person, so I'm good. <laughs> I appreciate it. And are, are you guys getting bad weather? I keep hearing about this insane storm traveling across the country. How's the weather out there? Um, no, it's it's not bad. In fact, yesterday was like our first sign of spring. It was uh, got oh. up into the 50s. Lots of people were outside. It was good. Yeah. Okay, good. I hope that stays the whole time. Were there robins? Did you see robins on the front lawn? Yes, yes. There you go. <laughs> Spring is here. Big boys eat That's right. Good enough. Evelyn, I know you're VP of Research and Development over at Aperture. By the way, before we get, I want to thank Dave Hunt, uh, your friend and your colleague, for putting this show together. Thanks, Dave. Okay, we'll talk, uh, talk again soon. Okay, Evelyn, what did you do before you were at uh, Aperture? You, you got a PhD, yeah, was, uh, in my dad, which is cool. I... <laughs> Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I've been with Aperture for uh, about eight, 18 months now, and, and prior to that, I was a professor of early and special education at Boise State University for 15 years, and then um, as, as part of my work there, I also was the CEO of a, a research and service center called Lee Pesky Learning Center. We um, provided support services to students with learning and attention challenges. Wow, what a great background. That's fantastic, Professor. Home of the blue football field, right? 
That's well, that's right. Say. Yeah. <laughs> Go Broncos. <laughs> Which actually drives me crazy. I can't I have trouble watching their games on T V because of the bluegrass. And that's literally bluegrass, oh. not like Kentucky bluegrass. It's literally bluegrass. Drives me nuts. Yeah. How about you? That's yeah, it's actually it's no uh well, you'll just need to come out to Boise and watch the game live then. But um our our blue turf is actually trademarked. So uh nobody else can have that color blue. So well, and is it is it literally? I have to ask you this, Professor. Is it literally grass that is blue, or do they paint it? By that, I don't know. No, it's a uh, blue turf. Wow. So very yeah. impressive. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Thank you. That, that's incredible. Well, thank you for being a professor of, of 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 special ed. We need more more and more special ed teachers. Actually, before we get into aperture, I'll ask you what's the word on special ed? Are we are, are you getting? And I know you're retired from there now, but I. We're, was was there enough in the pipeline? Enough people coming through with special ed? Uh, no, there 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 never is. There's such a need yeah. um, for for teachers with that specialization. Um, not not just in Idaho. I think it's a yeah, a, a nationwide need. Yeah. Well, thanks for doing that for so long because it's so important. That but that work is so important. I'm sure you know Case, the Council of Administrators of Special Education, and CEC. And we work very closely with them here. And, I, I, you know, it's just we just got to get more people into that field. It's just so hard. To, it's hard to get teachers. And this is a very special kind of teacher with the patience of saints, I might add. Okay. And uh, I, I just wish we'd get more and more of them. And I, hope, and I hope we do. Okay. On that note, the need for special ed is getting greater and greater. And you probably know a lot about this. Everybody's been reading. This is all social-emotional learning type stuff. Okay, but it affects the entire school is what I'm driving at here. Uh, there are big articles over the last few weeks, but we all know it's been going on about the amount of depression out there among teenagers, okay, particularly young ladies. Okay, and I'm just curious, what are you, as, as an expert in the field, what are you hearing about the rates of anxiety, depression, et cetera, and how that affects what you do now with Aperture? and social-emotional learning. And, I mean, that's obvious, but I want to hear you articulate it, please. Sure. Yeah, um, the Center for Disease Control, among other organizations, have been um, doing a lot of investigation into rates of uh, mental health disorder, primarily anxiety and depression, and uh, reported just recently that uh, somewhere around more than 4 in 10 of students have reported over the last year uh, uh, some form of mental health concern, yes. and about a third, about yes. a third of those poor mental health. And um, what's what's even more alarming is that um, again, in the CD, the Center for Disease Control reported more than one in five students in uh, just last year uh, considered suicide. So it's um it's, it's definitely yeah it's it's a yeah. very significant. Uh, problem and, you know, certainly exacerbated by the pandemic and those long stretches of isolation, um, but also doesn't seem to be getting a, um, a lot better now that we're on the other side of the pandemic. And, and I have to ask, you know, and I work a lot, you probably know them, the Cook Center down in Utah, okay, which really mm-hmm. delves into teen suicide, okay, Ann Brown and the Mark Welling and my friends down there. Okay, and uh, being a name dropper, I had to give them a little credit down there. Okay, marketing. <laughs> <laughs> to show people that I know everybody down there. Okay, 
But uh, you know, I'm curious. What does how? What? This is a weird question, but you may be able to help me with this. Why has suicide become so? This is the dumbest word I've ever used. Popular with kids. When I mean, when you and I, and I'm much older than you, believe me, there weren't people talking about suicide. Okay, it just wasn't. It didn't, it didn't, nobody. It just wasn't there. It, it probably was, but it wasn't widespread. Why has it become such a such a thing in the last ten years? What's going on? Do you have any idea? Um. You know, I don't. I, I don't have the answer for sure. There's um, a lot of different uh, theories as to as to why students are um, struggling so much. So, um, just just over the weekend, in fact, there was uh, an article in the Atlantic uh, that talked about lots of different factors. Of course, increased use of social media, uh, yeah, especially for yeah. for girls, is definitely yeah. it, it definitely emerges across. You know, no matter what source you look at, um, definitely emerges as a source of concern. Um, again, um, all of the stress that came with the pandemic, whether that was not being able to interact with peers or whether, you know, students' uh, families were impacted by loss of jobs, by loss of loved ones. Um, and then, you know, the the uh, focus, I mean, you know, or may, may, maybe you only stay on positive sites, but it, it's easy to get pulled into uh, doom scrolling, right, and, and staying focused. Yep. On, on the negative aspects um, happening in the world. And, and I think students can feel a real loss of control and um, maybe a lack of connection. And, you know, so a, a variety of factors just come together and I unfortunately can, can wow. make students to feel like there is no other choice. And I never heard that phrase before. I think you just said doom scrolling. Did I just hear that? Yeah, yeah. Wow, you know, when you get pulled phrase. in. Oh yeah, when you get pulled wow. in on your phone and just yeah. bad story after bad story after problem after problem, um, you know, lots of people are also focused on uh, or have have talked about um, the impact of things like uh, climate change and all of the negative mm. things happening yeah. in the world. You know, and and since uh, it's so much easier these days to get information on those kinds of things. Uh, you know, students are more aware, and because most of the news has a, wow. a slant towards reporting negative, right? You can start to feel like, um, what, you know, what what's my life going to be like with all of these uh, uh, problems facing me? So, so all that said, and, and that, 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 that's a sad but incredible segue into what you guys do at Aperture, which is AperturedUD.com. Okay, and uh, and good friends of mine, by the way, Jessica and Chris, we go back a long way on that. Okay, and uh, we really do. And of course, Dave is a new friend over there. Um, more name dropping, Evelyn. I'm going to drop your name on future shows. By the way. I love uh, it. Great. <laughs> I know all these people. You know, it's fun to talk about when you bring up their names and say hi to them. Okay, into the microphone, etc. But you know, it it brings up. And I, I think everybody realizes this. And Aperture is one of the leaders in the field. I, 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 I do know that. Okay. It, it, it brings up, uh, you know, the whole idea of social-emotional learning and how this has fallen onto the schools where kids spend a good deal of their time. 
all right? And, and, and with the higher rates of anxiety, with the higher rates of depression, with fewer and fewer people in the mental health field accessible, okay? Now, I know a lot of there's teletherapy and all that sort of stuff, and I think that's great, okay? But it's hard to find the professionals to do this, which means that SEL, has to, in my opinion, has to play more of a part from the get-go in, in schools. I'm sure, I'm sure you agree. Okay, and just talk about that, just how SEL fits in from the very beginning. It's not, it can't be something that's extra anymore. It's got to be part and parcel of the school climate, the school community. That's, that's where I think it belongs. Dr. Johnson, your thoughts. And you're smarter than me, by the way. I don't know you. Uh, uh, that was a great introduction to the topic because you're exactly right. You know, we, we started here a, a few minutes ago talking about the need for more special education uh, professionals. Uh, we also yeah. have um, significant shortages of school psychologists and school counselors. Yeah. So to your point, um, absolutely, there are just simply not enough mental health professionals to um, adequately serve all of the students who need support. And that's why preventive measures like social emotional learning are, are so critical to uh, really helping young people feel connected, um, feel a sense of belonging, and um, really, really feel um, that they're, um, they're a part of something, right? So to help them develop positive relationships, whether that's with a teacher or with uh, their classmates, uh, those efforts can really go a long way towards uh, creating what, what are called protective factors for students who are struggling, right? Uh, we know from just decades of research that when um, young people have uh, even just one strong relationship with an adult or a classmate, that can do so much to um, help offset any of the challenges or, or risks that um, they may experience in other ways. That's good. By the way, I hear your dog barking in the background. Yeah, dogs sorry are, about that. No, 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 no. Dogs are always invited <laughs> on Education Talk Radio. Okay? Always. Okay? What's the dog's name? Siggy. Uh, what is it? It's breakfast time. Siggy. Siggy, give Siggy a cookie yeah. and tell him it's from Uncle Larry. That's, That's what you have to do. Uh, will do. Okay, good. The dogs are always invited. Okay, don't even think twice about it. Hi, Siggy. I love you, buddy. Okay. All right. There's a good social emotional dog, I got to tell you. Okay. Excellent. All right. You know, you said two words that really struck me. You said preventative and proactive. Okay. And that's what we have to be. This is, you know, this is something that has to start from the get-go if we're going to save this situation, okay? We have to be very proactive, and we have to be very preventive. Now, we're going to talk about assessment of SEL a little later, but my question is, and this is a good, you're, you are perfect for this. You're, you're, you're working for a terrific company, Aperture, okay? And you're a special ed professor, Okay. And with this, the whole thing of SEL has fallen on every single teacher who very few of them, and maybe you can comment on Boise State, really are trained in anything even close to this. An English teacher, a history teacher, a science teacher, an elementary teacher, they're barely trained 
okay, on the social emotional needs. And I hope I'm wrong from that Boise State. Uh, I don't know if I am. Okay, they're they're barely trained on how to handle this. We talk about whole child, but that's something different. There's heavy duty stuff out there. How are we doing? And this is going to lead into aperture. How are we doing on training teachers to understand? And I'm not talking about professional development. I'm talking about in their college years. Are, are we training teachers to understand social emotional needs and and how the school fits into this? And I worry that we don't. Your thoughts, Evelyn. <laughs> Yeah, your worry is well-founded, unfortunately. Thanks, um, That's not good, but thank you. Thanks, yeah, um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, see, so you keep saying I'm smarter than you, but I don't think that's you true. Are. But <laughs> anyway, um, no, unfortunately, teacher preparation programs really haven't caught up to the need yet to help teachers <laughs> or, or people training to become teachers really understand what they need to in order to integrate social-emotional learning practices in their classroom. And, and the, the truth is that, you know, it, um, you know, it doesn't take a, a lot to make a positive difference. For example, there's, there's lots of research to show the positive impact of uh, implementing social-emotional programs in the classroom, but but there's even some emerging research now that shows that like very simple uh, low list practices, things like standing at your door every day and greeting each of your students mm-hmm. as they come in mm-hmm. can make just just profound differences in the levels of students' engagement. And um, because then they have higher levels of engagement, they end up learning more and doing better in school. And it's such a simple thing. But if you think about it, what it signals, right, is that I'm taking the time to stand at the door. I am waiting for you. I am here for you. I see you when you come in, and I'm glad that you're here. Uh, all of that is conveyed by that simple act. And if we can help more mm. teachers mm. understand that importance of, you know, creating those kinds of positive learning environments for their students and then give them the tools uh, to do it every day, uh, we, we'd be a lot better off. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, universities are starting to integrate more and more of this. And, uh, you know, we're certainly trying to put together more professional learning opportunities and oh, um, so that yeah so that once they're in the classroom they at least have access to the tools and resources that they need exactly and you know it's kind of the way i always look at it it's like a medical school that they depended on the stethoscope industry to teach a doctor how to use the stethoscope okay what has to happen is this has to be part and parcel of teacher training for every single teacher Okay, we can't, and we do depend on companies like Aperture and the others in the SEL field. You know, you guys all work with Castle, et cetera, et cetera, in the, the, mm-hmm. in the Castle framework. Okay, you all, when you, when the, the industry is dependent, okay, on that kind of, uh, the, those companies, which shows that, that how important the industry is, those companies, okay, and professional development through those companies and experts like you, okay, that, 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 that will hopefully teach teachers, but they're already in the classroom. We got to get this going in teacher education. And what I suggest, are you still are you at Boise State now at all? Around the corner from you, Bluegrass. Um, I'm a professor emeritus at Boise State. Mm-hmm. Okay. And by the way, that's bad. Emeritus means retired. It means old. 
Okay, sorry about that. Latin, <laughs> I know Latin. Okay. You deserve to be Professor Emeritus. Okay, well, as Professor Emeritus, then you still have parking privileges and all that. Buy a wiffle ball bat and go over to your old education department, the regular education professors, start hitting them on the head. Do they start to include SEL and all that stuff into teacher training? We start there. Is that a good idea? Perhaps a little fun. Fabulous, fabulous idea. Fabulous idea. Just a thought. Yeah. Just a thought. Okay. And this is really cool. Now, you're a professor, okay? And I know some professors who don't even know there's an industry out there, an education industry, which is amazing. Okay? You're now in the industry. Congratulations. Welcome to the education industry. You're VP of Thank Research you. and Development at Aperture Education. Okay? So what, let's just get into it. What's, what's new with research and development? What are the next steps? Where are we? on SEL and brag a little bit about what Aperture's doing. Yeah. um, You know, we continue to uh, learn a lot more about social-emotional learning every day. There's uh, already a a very strong evidence base, right, as as I've mentioned already, that uh, shows that when social-emotional learning programs are, are well implemented in the schools, students have better outcomes, teachers uh, have more job satisfaction and, and yeah. also a greater yeah. sense of well-being. So, so yeah. we, we know a lot about the importance of effective social-emotional learning. And, and now where the research is really headed is to break down exactly what that means, right? So for a long time now, it, we've it, been it, it, focused. Go ahead. Go ahead. Me, My mic went dead for a second, okay? You know, I'm just, I'm just writing down when you said that uh, – Teacher job satisfaction. There are in Idaho and every other state. I live in Maine, by the way. Every state is having trouble either a retaining or b recruiting teachers. We can't lose any teachers. Okay, no. and there's a lot of SEL stress out there, or social emotional stress out there, not only among the kids but also among the teachers. And so SEL becomes part of a good school district teacher retention plan. Okay, if you get the kids calmer, and of course the teachers will benefit from it too, and they will learn as they learn about SEL, well, how to, what works, get more satisfaction, it's going to help the job retention thing. That's a key factor out there right now. Absolutely. I mean, and again, if, if you think about it, you know, if you are empowered as a teacher to better understand um, how people develop social emotional competence and, and the role that you can play in helping students do that, um, you, you'll also then better understand how you develop those skills, right? So, yeah. uh, so at our company, for example, we have a program called EdCert, and it's, uh, it's a program exclusively for teachers that helps Ed them. EdCert? Under- EdCert. 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 EdCert, like S-E-A-R-T-H. Yeah, got it. Okay. And, um, the focus of that program is really on helping teachers understand uh, the the various social emotional competencies like self awareness, self management, uh, relationships, uh, yeah. goal directed behavior, and the things that they can do as professionals to help develop those skills for themselves as well as the things that they can do in their classrooms to uh, help students develop those competencies. And, and the, the idea behind uh, EdCert and, and all social-emotional professional development really is to f- help 
uh, teachers understand those competencies because it's not just yeah. here, you know, it's not just handing over a program and say, here, do this. It's really helping to draw attention to how we can interact and, and respond to students' different needs, how we can, um, again, create those positive learning environments. And, and when teachers are better equipped to do that, um, you know, it, it starts to become a seamless part of their day. It has, to, it has to, you just said the right word. All of this has to become seamless. Okay, mm-hmm. it's just got to be part and parcel of the of the training and the daily life of an educator, okay, and of the kids and of the schools, et cetera, which brings me to, uh, here's a good research question. Do the superintendents or the administrators at school districts, of which there are 12,000 school districts, okay, do they understand how important SEL is for teacher retention, for the teachers, not just for the kids, but for the teachers? What do you think, Evelyn? Do they get it? I mean, a lot of them do, yes. <laughs> a lot of them do. They and, hope. and we know that. Yeah, there's just been an increased focus. In fact, um, I think it was Ed Week that just released a, a survey that that uh, showed that superintendents and, uh, and school building leaders are really starting to understand the need to focus more on teacher well-being and, um, and adult social-emotional learning. Uh, um, so, yes. Um, maybe maybe not all of them, but but certainly a growing number of superintendents and, and principals are really starting to understand why they need to focus on on teacher well-being as well. It's it's just so important, and I you know I'm glad that, I'm glad a they're starting to realize that they should have realized it ten years ago, and hopefully this will uh, this will all come together. I want to ask you this, and I, I don't. I don't know. And I say, here's where you're really going to be smarter than me. You guys, we always talk about SEL, all right? And 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 and, and you know, you guys have programs. Let's use Aperture. You guys have all kinds of programs to teach you SEL. But you also have something which is an acronym. Thank you for another acronym called DESSA. Okay, D E S S A. That's what education needs. Yet another acronym. Okay, which stands for. I look. I have to look this up. Devereaux Student Strength Assessment. Devereaux Student Strength Assessment, a measure of social emotional competencies of children in kindergarten through eighth grade. Okay. Can you talk about that and tell me what that is and tell them tell the world what that is? Is that you is that proprietary to Aperture? I don't even know. I know you guys are pushing it. Talk about it. You must know. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah. Aperture Education is is the home of the DESA. Um, okay. Uh, the, yeah, the the DESA is a strength based assessment uh, that was uh, authored by Paul LaBeouf and Jack Naglieri and Val Shapiro, and um, it really has its roots in what's called resilience theory. So again, going back to this notion of if we can help students develop these protective factors uh, of which positive social and emotional skills are are definitely one, um, then they um, will be better equipped to navigate challenges and and offset risks in their lives and to um, develop uh, stronger social emotional competence and, and be more successful. So the the DESA now has lots of different forms um, that have been really developed to help schools and districts that are interested in what we call a data-driven approach to social-emotional learning. 
and to um, really operating their social emotional learning programs through, um, <laughs> here's more acronyms, um, an <laughs> MTSS or a multi-tiered system of support multi-tiered, uh, yeah. framework. Multi-tiered, yeah. Multi-tiered mm-hmm. student support. I know that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Support. I know. Yeah. Uh, Wait, I got to yeah. ask you this. You mentioned all the names. And again, I'm not an expert on educational psychology and who's Devereaux what's the Devereaux part of this you know that yeah so yeah so um the DESA was developed when um uh, at the Devereaux Center for Resilient uh, Children Uh it's a nonprofit organization in in Pennsylvania and then uh that's where the DESA was uh you're welcome uh, where the DESA was created and then because of its widespread and and growing use, then it was uh, initially sort of spun off out of the Devereaux Center into a, a company called Apperson, which then evolved sure. into Aperture okay. Education. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 Got it. Okay. Because Aperture, by the way, grew out of Apperson. Okay. Just some, exactly. I don't know if everybody knows that. Okay. But I didn't know where the Devereaux came from. Where was it in Pennsylvania? That's where I'm from. Do you know? Um, oh Say gosh. West Philly. That's uh, where I'm from. <laughs> sure, West Philly. That's not actually true. It's uh, it uh, over near King of Prussia is. Uh, close enough. That's that's, that's only Prussia. twenty minutes yeah. from where I grew up. That's okay. Okay. That's okay. Okay. I know King of Prussia quite well. Right by Valley Forge, everybody. In case you didn't know where King of Prussia is. Okay, there is a town called King of Prussia, and the reason it's called that is because the King of Prussia with the Hessians and all that sort of stuff. Okay, I assume something like that. Okay, the old history goes. Okay, in 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 the Philadelphia area, I have another question. Okay, we're real concerned about teenage girls, but the and I have to ask you this: Why does the DESA only measure K eight? What happens nine twelve? Is there a way to measure that, or 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 are we too late to measure it? There's maybe a way to say it. Oh, no, we're certainly not too late. And um, there's actually a high school version of the DESA. Oh, good. um, It was, yeah, there's, it was originally developed for students in kindergarten through eighth grade and then, you know, quickly recognized the need for a high school uh, edition. And so we have a high school version that both uh, teachers can complete, but we also have a student self-report version of the DESA for high school students. And starting next school year, we'll have a version for middle school students as well. And and a reason for that, there's a couple reasons for that, right? First and foremost, oh, here, is, I didn't scroll that, down far enough. Wait a minute. Coming soon, DESA yeah. manuals for 912 yeah. over at Aperture ED. Thank you. Okay, yeah. continue. I, I just I didn't scroll down far enough. I'm sorry. Yeah, so, you know, when you give students uh, agency and voice in the social-emotional learning process, uh, it it really helps them engage in their own social-emotional oh, development. And so the student self-report is, a, is an important component of that. It also, you know, pragmatically, it also um, helps save teachers time, if you think about it, at, at middle and high school teachers no longer just have like one class of kids, right? They have like five classes of 30 kids. So that's, it's a lot of um, assessment. And so when we can have students um, report on their own social emotional learning, get get good data and information to their teachers and principals, um, it's a lot more efficient system. 
It really is. And I get to apologize. I didn't scroll down far enough on the page, okay, to see that it's the right. decimal manuals for 912 are coming. Again, everybody, it's Aperture ED. What's that double E at the end? ApertureED.com. Oh, I have one last question for you as we wind down here, Evelyn. Okay. Are special ed teachers the best teachers to, to teach SEL, social, emotional learning? You're an expert in special ed, and you also are an expert in SEL, okay? And I, you, we always hear about the generic teacher doing the SEL, and I never hear much, okay, about the special ed teacher really mainstreaming into the school and really being the point person for SEL. How's that fit? Um, yeah, it's a it's a great question. I don't know that special ed teachers would be the lead for SEL. I think every teacher is the lead SEL teacher for the students that they serve, cool. and cool. special education teachers are are certainly part of that. Um, they are. Student, you know, they, they, like yeah. I said, they're all going to heaven. By the way, did you know that all you're going to heaven? All special ed teachers go to heaven. <laughs> Them in school librarians. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. It's, I got my it's start true. in the education it's field true. as a special education teacher. Yeah. There you go. And by the way, Ziggy, Ziggy, Ziggy will also be going to dog heaven with you there. <laughs> okay. But not without his morning cookie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. So there you go. There you go. Living proof that all this works. Evelyn, this was a joy to have you on the show today. Thank you for this. Your insights are terrific. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, okay. it was my pleasure. And think, think it's now 7.35. Your whole day is ahead of you out there. Is that wonderful or what? Good weather. That's right. Yeah. There you go. So have, have fun in a terrific state. Uh, from, from, I have to say this, from the other potato state. I live in Maine. We have, the two, okay, we have the two potato states. Yeah. Today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so everybody uh, buy Maine potatoes. There you have it. Okay, no, I'm only kidding. You can buy Idaho potatoes too. <laughs> Okay, Evelyn. <laughs> Evelyn, thanks a million. This was great. I hope you come back on. Thank you. I thank you. You take care. Bye bye. You too. Bye bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> that was great. She's great. That's Dr. Evelyn Johnson, who's the VP of Research and Development at my good friend's Aperture Education, which is ApertureED.com. And just watch that double E, ApertureED.com. All right. We're <laughs> It was great. Buy your potatoes. I was only kidding. Buy main potatoes. All right. There you go. Okay. And uh, again, thanks to Dave Hunt, okay, for putting this together for me. And uh, there's a fun show. All right. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. See what we do at seltoday.org. We'll put this podcast on that site as well. I'm Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening. And you guys, take care. Enjoy your main potatoes.